0: Hey, this is pastor steve Berger with this is that where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos we want to thank you for listening today and remember make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode god bless you we pray that this is a blessing for you today hey everybody what's up what's up pastor steve Berger here with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We're so glad that you're joining us for our next episode. In fact, this isn't just a one and done. This is going to be a lengthy expose in teaching on the topic of repentance. And so uh, I'm hoping, really hoping and praying that you will share this, that you will get notifications, that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, like all that stuff so that you don't miss any of these whatsoever. We wanna make sure you get everything that you need. All right, now, when I was a kid, and I'm sure a bunch of you can remember this as well, but remember what it was like when you saw the the dude with the big old huge Afro, uh, the rainbow Afro man, and he held up a big sign that said, repent, or maybe you saw people on the street corner at football games. You know, holding up signs that said "repent," and it seemed like they were just fruitcakes, and you know, they were extremists and weirdos and wackos and all that stuff. Um, you know what I've come to believe over the years? They actually were onto something, regardless of their eccentricities or whatever they may have had. They were actually onto biblical truth. Now, I'm going to make a outlandish statement and then back it up with not just a great historical quote from one of the greatest Christian minds of the 20th century, uh, but also a whole bunch of scripture. All right, so here's my outlandish comment. Are you ready? Here it is. God has given humanity one option to be healed spiritually. And that one option is personal, it's for the individual, it's corporate, for the larger church, and it's even national or global for the entire world. God has given one, not 10, one prescription for mankind to come into a right relationship with God, and that one prescription is repentance. That's right, go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, repentance. That's all it is. God's given us one thing, And because God's given us one thing, we should be be, be proclaiming that one thing more than anything else, and yet we don't. And the reason we're not talking much about repentance is because the thing that we need to repent from, which is sin, isn't a hot topic anymore. Sins have become mistakes and sins are now, well, we all do it and so it's not that big a deal and nobody's perfect. And we really forget the high cost of committing sin. And because of it, we don't talk about repenting or turning from sin and turning to God. And so therefore, individually, um, corporately and nationally, globally even, we've got people going around who are weighed down with the weight of sin. They are oppressed and afflicted They are dried up, spiritually speaking, because they've never really understood what to do with their sin so that they can be forgiven and so that God could refresh them, as we'll see in his word. He promises to do that. So we're gonna be talking for weeks. This will kind of be my opening line every time, just to get people to know this and to understand this. You would think that people in the church would know this, But a bunch of people in the church don't even know this, why? Because their pastors don't talk about it. Because if their pastors are gonna talk about it, they're gonna have to address the issue of sin. And if they address the issues of sin, they're afraid that people won't sit in their churches and they'll quit giving. And so pastors avoid the topic, therefore the people in in the congregation suffer and it just goes on and on and on. And we find ourselves And we find the church and we find our nation in desperate need of knowing what to do to get a hold of the cultural chaos that is destroying us individually, corporately, and yes, even nationally and globally. So there's a lot to this repentance thing. And I hope, again, that you'll get a grip on this and be able to incorporate it into your own life and then also share it and help other people get a grip on it and who knows, maybe one person at a time, we can see people, the church and the nation return to God. And then we could see our land be healed. All right, so I'm gonna read you this quote, this crazy quote from the late great Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He's a great uh, author, wrote one of the uh, 100 greatest novels of all time, the Archipelago Gulag. He was a Russian dissident. He found himself in the in the Russian gulags, the Russian prisons, and was just a, a phenomenal Christian mind. Now listen to what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in 1983. This was as he received the Templeton Award in, the, in London, in the UK. It was a speech that he gave called, Men Have Forgotten God. And I would encourage you to read that. You can find it easily, just Google it. Uh, Men Have Forgotten God, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, read the whole thing. It is exactly what is happening in our day, even though he said this 40 years ago, it's that much more appropriate even today. But listen to what Solzhenitsyn said here. He said, all attempts to find a way out of the plight of today's world are fruitless unless we redirect our consciousness in repentance to the creator of all. Without this repentance, no exit will be illumined and we shall seek deliverance in vain. The other resources we have set aside for ourselves besides repentance are too impoverished for the task. You see what Solzhenitsyn says here? There is no other way out of the mess we're in apart from repentance. Why? Because he knew and understand it was the only thing, the one thing that God has prescribed for man to get right with God and to experience spiritual healing. He said, there won't be any other way out that will be illumined to us. Any other way of deliverance that we're gonna seek, we're gonna seek it in vain. All the other resources, think about what he's saying here. All the other resources are too impoverished for the task meaning they won't get the job done. Everything else we tried besides repentance is too impoverished, it won't get the job done. Now let me go on and, and see what else he says here. He said we must first recognize the horror perpetrated, not by some outside force, not by class or national enemies, listen to this, but within each of us individually and within every society. Now he said, this is especially true of a free and highly developed society for here in particular, we have surely brought everything upon ourselves of our own free will. We ourselves in our daily unthinking selfishness are pulling tight the noose. What is he saying in all that? He's saying this, The condition that we find ourselves in today in our free society, in our free America, it's our own fault. We can't be blaming other people. We've brought this on ourselves because we live in a free nation. The nation gives us that, but we also live by free will that God has given to us. And so when we look at the condition where there's nobody else to blame but ourselves. And we try too many other things to get well when God is saying, I've only given you one thing. Here's what that means, friends. It means that this message of repentance has to be priority. And we can't just learn that from Solzhenitsyn's comments. We have to see it in the scripture. So today I'm just gonna give you four or five uh, different examples of the priority of repentance. Let's kind of lay that foundation again so that as we communicate this to other people, we'll have a good, solid Bible basis for it, all right? So first of all, let's start with John the Baptist. In Mark's Gospel, chapter one, um, verses one and following, it says this, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I will send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now listen, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission, the removal, the forgiveness of sins. Then all the land of Judea and all from Jerusalem went out to him. They were all baptized by him in the Jordan River and they confessed their sins. Now we're talking about the priority of repentance as it relates to the kingdom of God and the word and the will and the ways of God. John as that transitional figure between the old covenant and the new covenant, John comes on the scene and he's got one message. It is to repent. He's bringing the old covenant into the new. And in order for that transition to happen, the message of repentance is the only message that John has. And so as he preaches repentance for the remission, the removal and forgiveness of sins, people are flocking to him to hear what he has to say. This message of repentance is priority. Now, our second example is found in Jesus himself. This is Mark chapter one, verses 14 and 15, just 10 verses later from what we just read, it says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Now friends, listen to me. John the Baptist ministered for a year and a half until he was thrown in prison. Then when Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus picks up John's message. Now that John was thrown in prison and couldn't talk to the multitudes, Jesus picks up the message. We could jokingly say he stole John's message of repentance. And then Jesus begins to preach the message of repentance because now the kingdom of God is at hand and people need to repent. Jesus brought the same message. Now, this wasn't again, kind of a one and done with Jesus. This message of repentance, if we go all the way to the end, if you will, of Jesus' message and ministry, we come to the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter two, verses, uh, chapters two and three, excuse me, Jesus is talking to the seven churches in Asia Minor. And what is Jesus' message to five of the seven churches that they need to repent? five of the seven churches. Jesus, remember he's talking to the church, he's talking to the people of God and tells them that they need to repent. So we could say it like this, at the very beginning of Jesus' message, he was preaching repentance. And at the end of Jesus' communication in written form to the church, his message was the church needed to repent five of the seven times. Jesus starts and ends his ministry with the message of repentance. That's priority right there, folks. We move now to the disciples. Did the disciples learn from Jesus' early ministry? You better believe it. Mark chapter six, verse 12, speaks of the 12, and it says that they went out and preached that people should repent. They got it. They were around when John was preaching repentance. They were there when Jesus was preaching repentance. And so they went, aha if we're gonna be faithful followers and messengers of Jesus, we better preach repentance as well. Well, that was the 12. Our fourth example now is Peter on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls, the supernatural explosion of God happens there. And in Acts chapter two, verses 37 and 38, what does it say? Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. When they heard what? When they heard Peter preached. They were cut to the heart, uh, uh, um, the public was, and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, what do we have to do to be saved? Then Peter said to them, here you go, get ready. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, removal and forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again. In Peter's first sermon there on the day of Pentecost, over and over and over again, he's preaching repentance. In fact, the last epistle that Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse nine, what does Peter start his ministry with? Repentance. What does he end his ministry with in his final epistle? The message of repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some would count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Peter, like Jesus, starts his ministry and ends his ministry with this fact. People need to repent. The Apostle Paul, although, although not one of the original 12, Does Paul preach repentance? Man, you better believe it. And no greater example of Paul preaching repentance than when he was on Mars Hill, preaching the gospel of Jesus, talking to Gentiles, going back and forth with them and letting them know what God required of them if they were going to be in a right relationship with God. Listen to what Paul says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30. He says to every single person listening, Truly, these times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to what? To repent. Think about that. Think of, don't read over that or hear that too quickly. God commands it. It's not a suggestion, it's not an option. God commands that all men, means everybody, need to. Repent no matter where they are. All men everywhere that they need to repent and God commands it, okay? So sharing repentance, friends, requires addressing people's wrongness or their sin, right? What What good is repentance if I don't understand what I need to repent of, okay? What I need to repent of is sin. It requires a change in my behavior. I'm going from unrighteousness to righteousness. Again, Paul in Acts chapter 29, or excuse me, Acts chapter 26, verse 19 and 20. There he is in the great theater there in Caesarea. Thousands of people listening to Paul give his defense about his personal testimony, the vision he had, what God did in saving him. And he's talking to none other than King Agrippa himself. And what does Paul say? Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God. Now listen to this. And do works befitting of repentance or what we see other times in the scripture, the fruits of repentance. Paul, again, preaching repentance and making it very clear, repentance isn't just confession of sin, but repentance is then moving into works and actions that are befitting of repentance. Well, what works and actions are befitting of repentance? A changed lifestyle, changed behavior, change changed actions. And so again, This is John's message. This is Jesus' message. This is the message of the 12. This is the message of Peter. This is the message of Paul, over and over and over again. Beloved, listen to me. This message of repentance has massive amounts of priority in the word of God. It is the single message, the single hope that God gives us. And so in laying this brief foundation today, I want you to see over and over and over again, repentance is our only hope. Apply it to your own life, share it with other people, and let's together be proclaimers, the messengers of God's gracious gift of repentance. God allows us to change. He wants us to change, he invites us to. He gives us the opportunity to. Let's make sure that we make the most of it. And let's open up this gift, this great gift of repentance, all right? We look forward to seeing you next week. We're gonna move on from the priority of repentance in this foundation that we laid and really start talking specifically, what is repentance and what does it accomplish for us? So. God bless you, beloved. We look forward to seeing you next week. We're gonna have a great time together as we unpack this much needed truth about repentance. God bless you. We love you. We can't wait to see you again. Remember, share it, share it, share it. Let's get the word out. God bless you guys.